Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your projects. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our shows and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. Hi, everybody. It's Marsha, and uh, we're going to have a great show today. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was on a show with Jim Nesbitt and Tim Ahrens, and uh, we were on France show, and we were just chit-chatting and talking, and then I thought, oh, I think they'd be great guests for this show, and so we will have fun today. Um, I don't have – well, I do have a few little messages. Um, please wear a mask. And I'm hoping, you know, I can't, you know, I cannot believe it's December 1st. I just kind of remember in March we were all just wondering how long this was going to last, and now we're in December. So I'm really hoping, and I'm hoping everybody out there uh, gets better if they have COVID because there's so many people I've talked to that have had it that have been on the show and I'm watching Facebook for unfortunately a lot of people have been guests that you know and they don't go that many places but they have it and so I'm hoping for a speedy recovery for everybody out there but today we're going to have fun talking about um, books and writing and uh, anything else I think the three of us together here will show you uh, some of the tips that we have and they you know it's always good to learn so i think that we're going to learn today a few things in in an entertaining way because it's always fun and so um i'm going to let tim and jim talk to you a little bit about what they do and then we'll begin so uh tim tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do Okay, well, my name is Tim Aaron's. I'm 55 years old. I've been writing for a good 40 years or so. <clears throat> Um, right now I'm really big into um, dark fantasy, which is Stephen King meets Lord of the Rings sort of thing. It's kind of like you take a nightmare and you put it into a fantasy setting and you have dark fantasy. <laughs> my, uh, my newest book is called The Dark Creatures, A Simple Game. Um, and it's more of, of who is the puppet and who is the puppeteer sort of thing in a world gone kind of crazy. So you have a, a couple of individuals who think that they are playing a video game when they're actually controlling the events of other characters in the fantasy world that are supposed to be part of this video game. Unfortunately for the two people who think they're playing a video game, they're also being controlled. <laughs> okay. So it's a multi-level, okay. It's a multi-level plot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right, uh, Jim, and we don't have to say our age. I think you're the first person that ever said their age on my show after all these Oh, it doesn't years. really bother me, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, most people won't say their age. I'm including me. So, okay, Jim, go ahead. Tell everybody who you are. Yeah, I'm, I'm Jim Nesbitt. I'm the author of uh, three uh, hardball crime thrillers that uh, feature a uh, battered but relentless uh, Dallas uh, PI named Ed Earl Birch. He's kind of a 
world-weary everyman, uh, not uh, nearly as uh, super sharp like Sam Spade or or Philip Marlowe, and definitely not super cool like uh, Steve McQueen in Bullet, but uh, he's a guy who's been uh, around the block a time or two and, uh, um, you know, has... uh, has a code he sometimes forgets to follow until the chips are down, and then he's surprised to find he still has uh, the internals that uh, made him a good homicide cop before he got kicked off the force. Uh, yeah. I live in I live in Alabama these days, and uh, I'm working on book four, and uh, um, and uh, it's uh, it's it's a slow slog because I still have a day job. Uh, my third book has gotten fairly good uh, receptions, racked up a little bit of award hardware, including a, it's called The Best Lousy Choice, an Ed Earl Birch novel, and it's uh, picked up a Silver Faustian Award from Killer Nashville, the Crime Fiction Conference, and is a 2020 winner of a gold medal for, for Best Crime Fiction from the Independent um, uh, Press Book Awards, and uh um, Fran gave it a nod as the best hard hard ball thriller um, in her yearly uh, review. So I'm appreciative of, of that. That's about it. I think you've come a long way because I mean that you've got you have racked up some hardware as you call it <laughs> these days. You know. And, yeah, I'm looking uh, at I'm looking is, at the silver fal- I'm looking at the silver falchion uh, hanging from uh, an antler of a deer I took about ten years ago. So. Uh, it's uh, it's it's nice to have. Yes, I think so. So let me ask you a question. As long as we're talking about awards and things, do you you know? I years ago I used to tell people, and it was it wasn't the same as getting you know. You can do contests, you can do a lot of these things, and I think I've changed my thoughts a little. And I probably should have done some of my own. You know, I won a couple of things for my screenplays, but I really didn't do a lot of contests and get into a lot of. Um, things that some of the people do. So, what do you, what do you do? Do you do the, a lot of marketing for yourself, and did you decide you're going to be in these? Uh, you know, put yourself in that position that you can win things. Because a lot I of pick, people don't. Uh, I pick a, a few contests to enter, and I'm kind of kicking myself. I wish I'd entered a few more for yeah, for this okay. book because it seems to be very well received. Uh, right. I, you know, I, I'm not a guy who is all, all that award conscious. Um, I recognize it as something, you know, an, another tool in the marketing uh, uh, game that uh, completely baffles me. I think right me. now it is uh, because people seem to care about that a lot more, I think, than they even did a few years ago. You know, I, I can I, see I, that I, it's, I think, it's changed. I think so, that, but, but you, you know, you can't, I don't know, you, I, I don't, you know, calibrate I gotta have this many to you know be right, to right, be able right. to market. I, I yeah, think it helps. It it does help. Uh, I'll, I'll agree with Jim. It doesn't definitely helps marketing wise, but as far as selling books in in and in of itself, exactly. yeah, I don't yeah. I don't know if that's. If that's I, I don't think it, I, I, you know if you can figure out that that uh, elusive link between the marketing thing and actually having book sales. Uh, yeah. Please, well, that would you, be great. You, you'll be a millionaire. <laughs> there is no but, answer. But, right. There's no answer for but that. I, I, See, that's I mean, the whole I'm, thing. I, I rarely, yeah. I rarely want anything as a journalist. So, you know, I'm, I'm quite pleased, and you know, I'll take them. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's nice to be appreciated by other people, especially when, when yeah. you know, you, 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 you like what you're doing yourself. <laughs> 
Yeah, but yeah, well, that's yeah, the case. Yeah. See, that's the whole thing, right? And so, like, so with marketing, it does, you know, get very difficult. And lately, I've seen a lot of people on Facebook going, "I'm just not going to be on for a while." I, you know, they're just, you know, leaving for a while because I, it does take a lot of mental. Um, well, I don't know. It's a drain a lot, and I'm on it well, a lot. And I, you know, and I don't know. Like you're right, it doesn't really get you sales. You know, no, marketing is, seen, is is really yeah, is really tough, especially since the the market is saturated with people who want who want to be writers, and and you know, yeah. and they're saturated with quite a few really good books out there. Um, my my uh, my uh, theory is that you just got to keep screaming until somebody hears you. <laughs> That's well, yeah, yeah, and you got to keep writing. Yeah, the yeah. more you write, I think, the better it is, you know. And I think um, I myself am going to – I've made a promise to myself to write more. I used to write so much more, and so I need to write more. I do the shows a lot, and I'm always, you know, liking and sharing and all that. And even though I do have Alan Pussycat, who does my some of my uh, – which they are very good – uh, Delaney and Karen Vaughn and um, Mari, oh, oh, there's a lot of them that work in that group, and they're very inexpensive. So I think if people are looking for to get their work out there, it doesn't mean you're selling, but they do promote a lot, you know, um, yeah. and that's a good thing because any promotion that you get can help, you know, because well, we all actually, you can't you, – go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was actually curious, Jim, as to since I use Facebook quite a bit when I uh, – when I, First, when I released this new book, along with word of mouth and and um, just hand advertising and such, um, what what do you usually do for marketing themes besides magazines and such? I I basically the, the one the thing I found most effective is uh, Amazon advertising, unfortunately. But I've lately branched out and tried to get. Uh, Develop a network of independent bookstores that you know, that are in, interested in my work, and try to do some cross promotional support of uh, you know those that have picked up the book and and make myself available for you know virtual signings and interviews. Uh, it's just an extension of like what I'm doing here, or you know, yes, yeah. I, I do the Facebook thing, but I don't see much of a bang for the buck there. Uh, but you gotta, you know, you gotta play there. Really, and, really it's, uh, it's interesting because I've got about the exact opposite um, um, situation. I'm in Wisconsin, um, and I've gotten more bang for the for my buck out of advertising on Facebook than I ever did with Amazon. Um, I actually got anybody's interest in Amazon. Which is really Amazon, interesting. Well, Amazon, that you have to put the right words in sometimes, and that's the tricky point. You know, yeah. because how do they find you? You know, that's. That would be the million-dollar question. It's very hard to get people to find you, you know. And um, so I think that's one thing. You know, I, I the other day, um, I think it was on Facebook, uh, Michelle Obama had put something out about supporting independent bookstores and that. And so I usually don't answer things but or comment, but I did because I thought, yeah, it would be nice if the ind- we all support independent bookstores, but – just the same, they should support independent authors, and, oh, and instead of looking, instead of looking for the top sellers that have been out for years, what about all the people that are writing that are really good books that are independent books? So if we're supporting independent bookstores, they should support independent authors. 
just the same. Well, and I think I, I think some bookstores actually do that, and others, and, I, and I'm talking about the indies. Uh, yeah. You know, others seem to just try to follow, you know, kind of a, a pale imitation of, of uh, you know, just go after the bestsellers. You know, they're pale imitations of uh, Barnes and Noble or whatever. And, uh, and that's, but that's I, kind I, of you know, sad. That's I, I, sad. I've got really. a. It is. It is. Uh, the good ones really uh, do a good job of reaching out and finding their local authors, finding uh, um, you know homegrown talent, and yep. uh, you know reaching out and getting those guys to come in and uh, uh, give them some exposure. And you know it's a two-way street. You're in there providing you know, either virtual or live yep. content for, you know, their book signings and such. So, and it, it, it's that, it's nice because it's that artist, it gives the artist the opportunity to become a fabric of, of a community. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. you know, My, uh, I mean, it's an awfully lonely pursuit. So does it lead yeah. to, you know, direct book sales and such? Who knows? Not really. Not necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I had a lot of. Uh, my greatest on... advantage, my greatest mm-hmm. advantage for that has um, since my first book, um, I tried um, just getting uh, book rec- rec- recognition, and that didn't work out too well. So with this new, with my new one, I've been doing something that's actually been been actually quite beneficial, and that's actually not worth worrying so much about having the title of the book get out as getting my name out there, name recognition. Yeah. If, yeah. Um, yeah, if if people recognize my name when they go to a website, or if they hear it on Facebook or on um, you know um, any of the Amazon sites or something like that, that that's worth a worth a whole lot of money. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it I is. Agree because, with you. I, I think yeah, it's. Yeah. I, I mean, because because an author, you may you may decide to write in two or three genres, and uh, if you switch, let's say I switch to westerns. If they don't know who, you know, the guy who wrote those, you know, cool, hard-boiled thrillers I like, if they don't know who he is, they won't track over and and necessarily look for my name in in the Western uh, shelf. So I think it's – That is a problem sometimes, right. You know, that's a big problem. You have to provide – yeah, you you have to promote that name – I mean, my first book, I had a a cover designer, and uh, he showed me the first cover, and he really had my name, like, up in lights, big font, top of the the, uh, cover, and I... I kind of well. Wait a minute. What are you doing? And then I thought to myself, well, that's what the big boys do. And that's yeah, what you're gonna want to do. Kind of reverse psychology, there. you know. Yep. Somebody yeah. looks yeah. at that and says, well, I don't know that guy's name, but it looks like I should know it, you know. So yeah. I've let it stand. Um, well, I think that's you know, right. I think it, the more you're out there, you know. Unfortunately, you know, uh, as since March, you know, I have had a lot of people on that all the conferences. Are you know there's no conferences yeah. now there's no book fairs yeah. there's no libraries to go to there's no bookstores to no. go to and so that is people are suffering so you know so we've had you know I've had a lot of authors on you know and so we're all talking which is a good thing because people are listening you know we're on iTunes afterwards and you know so people are listening to other authors so hopefully that they're writing you know and doing things like that because this is all people can do right now. At the beginning, yeah, I, I thought, to, oh, should I do this? But now I realize yeah, I that to, I'm glad I kept it up over this time. 
I wouldn't give up on on something you really enjoy. I mean, even if you're writing a book and you're putting money into self-publishing that book and it's not selling like a Stephen King book would sell, um, that's no no reason to stop writing if that's what you enjoy doing. Right. If you get oh, no, in, absolutely if, not. If yeah, you, you know, the, I mean, it, it's... If you get into the Go subject, ahead, or, 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 I'm sorry, Jim, I'll, break, I'll finish up really quick here. <laughs> if you get no, into, we have time. Um, we have time. Don't worry. If you get it's into okay. the genre to make money like um, Stephen King or, um, oh, God, was there a couple other really great ones out there, uh, Pierce Anthony or something like that, one of the, some of the greats, and all you want to do is make money, now you don't really care about the stuff you're writing, then and it's not, there's no point for you to, to get into the business because you're not going to write anything right. you're going to want to read right. anyway. Right, don't get into the business if you're looking to make a lot of money quick. That's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> this is not the Sorry to interrupt Well, you know, a, a, amen to that because, I mean, I, I'm at the <laughs> age and uh, stage where I just want to, you know, I've got stories to tell. I'm going to tell them. I want to get them out there. I don't want yeah. to wait in a two-year conga line of a traditional publisher. Um, yeah. And so I put my stu- stuff out there, you know, self-published. And, you know, it's like, you, you know, the sales, uh, you know, I can't afford to quit my day job. I don't think anybody can. Even no. the guys who were, you know, traditionally published, unless they're working yeah. for the yeah, I think it doesn't well, matter I anymore. I think, right, I, I agree. Because if you're traditionally published, you know, that's just fine. But there's a lot of independent authors that are really good, and some are making they're making pretty good money. But the fact is it, there are a lot of independent authors now. I mean, there really are, and they're really good. And, yes, some of them are not so good, but that's the same if you, you know, it doesn't matter with established authors. Sometimes the established authors for years, they put out a book. It's not that great, but they're established, so it goes, you know, it's it goes yeah. up on the bestseller right mm-hmm. away because their publisher pushes it. Yeah, I read yeah. A, um, a short short response um, in a magazine once when I was younger. When I was thinking about getting into writing, you know, this whole writing stuff that made uh, made made sense, made me kind of laugh. And it was from another professional um, author. I wish I could remember his name, but I can't. But he had some books out there, and he said that uh, writing the book and getting it published with with a big publisher once you're in isn't the hard part. The hard part is sitting in front of the mailbox waiting for the royalty check to come. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You know, and and a lot of the small publishers over the years, over the last, you know, I'm doing this for, I think eleven years as uh, Michigan Avenue, but then I did um, Red River for three years, two or three years. So, you know, that's everything is changing, you know, right now. And I think that people that want to write should write, and the people can learn from other writers and that's why we do the show so i wanted to talk a little bit about some of the stuff that we did some of the things we started to talk about with fran on her show and one that i really enjoyed talking about was the of trying to get the author the the character you're writing his thoughts out and so jim i heard what you said do you want can you repeat that on this show because i think it was really <laughs> uh, that's uh, a that really was, hard thing uh, uh, I can barely remember what I had for breakfast. Okay, I'll tell you. Okay, so, uh, I'll tell you exactly. It, you it, was know, about, so what I, it was about what, what, the, you were talking no, about I'm the thoughts. Joking. Okay, all right. Okay, I do remember. Well, well you know, I mean, there's, there's <laughs> and I try to help the reader out a little bit, and some authors, you know, you know, don't. But I'm trying to, you know, you know, there's internal dialogue, the thoughts, the uh, the characters having. Um, and and then there's you know external dialogue and I'll try to help 
the reader out by putting some of that internal dialogue, um, you know, uh, reaction to what somebody's saying that he doesn't verbalize uh, in italics. Um, and, you know, that kind of helps the reader out that, that this is, um, you know, something he's thinking, not saying. And, um, um, you know, you try to use that judiciously uh, so that you're not, you know, jerking the reader around with the uh, plain text, italics, plain text, italics. But, you know, and I use it for italics for two purposes. One, for that internal dialogue. And two, if I'm shifting up into an action scene and I'm putting everything in, like, present tense and, you know, very, you know, short staccato, I'll put that in italics too because I'm shifting the time reference. It's no longer, you know, somebody did this. It's They're doing it right now. You know, so right. um, yeah. and I mean, so that's how I handle that. You've got guys like the late great George V. Higgins. He wouldn't even give you a quotation mark in the whole book, and so you you felt like you were walking into the middle of a conversation that you had no reference points to, and of course that's that's real life. But God, until you got used to that, it, it was yeah. a hard. Yeah, read. I think right. And, and I, I don't want to make it an you, easy read. Yeah. See, I think that's really a, a thing that I think sometimes. You know, um, independent publishers can do what they want, which is a good thing in a lot of ways, because you really care about your reader. That should be the number one thing, the reader. But a lot of us write, and then we're writing, we think, oh, what will the editor say, and what will they say about this? But the truth of the matter is, it's about the reader. And if the reader finds it uninteresting, unentertaining, you know, they're they're not going to finish reading the book. That's just it. You know, what what Jim was saying about um, italics and stuff like that I agree with. Um, I actually wasn't using much of that until um, I got picked up uh, my editor uh, from Lucid Style Author Services. I pay her to edit my work. And she's the one who suggested um, uh, changing um, italics or um, not using italics or changing the um, font style if if another person is talking in the background of the two major characters or something like that. Um, so I would always suggest, too, that if you want to be a really pro- uh, professionally polished writer and you don't have a huge amount of skills, like I don't have a huge amount of skills as far as editing goes. Yeah, I need editing. Oh, no, a, I'm not an find editor. That, that is happening. I know. Find yourself a great editor and appreciate them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I every writer point. needs, and the operative term is good or great editor. And yeah. after 40 years in journalism, I had a ton of really shitty editors that <laughs> – that I, you know, I, I knew more about writing than they did, you know, and, yeah, and but yeah. you got to be careful there because that's a, that quickly becomes an arrogance, and yeah. you don't listen to some good advice somebody, you know, is giving you. Uh, even a bad editor, you know, occasionally finds a an acorn of uh, knowledge you need to know, um, and you know, you, you know, you, I'm a, a hell of a lot less arrogant than I used to be. Uh, so you know, it's it's I'll, I'll listen to somebody, um, and it's a lonely enough uh, journey as a writer. Um, yeah, you can do anything you want, but you want to keep it professional grade. You oh, want to make that book as yeah, good right. as you possibly can. So um, you know, I I I make it a point to get an editor. I've got two yeah, I, uh, that, that I, yeah, I really trust. To, right. One for the yeah. writing side, yeah. the other for you know, more stylistic, you know, points. Uh, you oh, so gotta, you have two of them. You know, so you have two people? You have two. 
Yeah, I have one more who's more of a copy editor, you know, yeah. style type of person, and the other yeah. person is, uh, you know, a, a an excellent writer in her own regard, um, yeah. who does the more of the content editing. Um, yeah. And uh, I I listen like hell to them both. Yeah, so, I don't mean to I, um, I don't mean to interrupt, but let me. Do you mind if I, Marsh, if I put in a plug for me? No, go go right <laughs> in. No, no, it's all right. But go. Um, so I, I use um, Jean Terman from Lucid Lucid Style Author Services because she does all of that for me. Um, she does all the content yeah. reading. She'll read it six or yeah. seven times over to make sure that, that that most of the punctuation or whatever errors are are out of it, and then she'll tell me if this this doesn't sound like this character or this character is it, it, yeah. this is this is too short, or not not long enough, or, <laughs> or something like yeah, that. Yeah, see, that's what takes a lot. That's that takes me that would you know I seem to find that for me it takes me time because I the dialogue because I wrote screenplays before but I if I don't get the way they're talking right I'll just keep doing it till I get it right and I could do the same sentence about you know 15 times because mm-hmm. I just I go like this word isn't right and I say it out loud and then I go oh I don't like that he has to say this and they have a special so after I've done all this and I make the sentence a certain way, and it sounds right, then I look a few, maybe I look a couple paragraphs, and I said the same thing exactly the same way. And, I did, you know, if it's because mm. I wrote that a while and I'm going back. Because I think we all, when we're talking for our characters, we are those characters talking. So, I mean, it's when we talk, we're talking for them. So if we're really into our characters, then they would say the same thing. Because they would, you know, it's, they would think the same way, and that's the weird thing. Well, and you have to be—you have happens. to be careful. You have to be careful when you're doing that, because, yeah. you know, it, like I, my guys, my characters are all like Southwest or Southern characters, yeah. and and I've got to make sure I make a, give them distinct voices, even though they're. Right. You know, all coming from well, the, my people, you know, right, right, exactly. Curve. Mine don't talk like me, but I'm talking for them. No, they do not talk like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're I'm, right. You know, you're I, right. What but, you're but saying, you, yeah, I know what you're saying. You mind yeah, and you have to go back, and it's it's like I go back all the time, and I go, oh, uh, wait a minute, that's in Ed, that's in Ed Earl's voice. I need to put that in, yeah. in this guy's yeah. voice. Yeah. Mine's a right, little right. bit more you're complex right. because yeah, my characters that. go from male to female. And back to mail. That's again. hard. That's hard. That's yeah. very hard. I, right. I can't imagine that. You know. Well, it's you know, hard. one of the things, Tim. One of the things that that I was thinking about um, when I knew you were going to be on is, um, you know, it's one of my favorite topics about, you know, knowing the scene. Uh, I mean, you have to sit there and create a whole world in your head, mm-hmm. but it's yeah. got specific. Uh, Points, uh, landscape, people, folkways, I mean, just like the real world does. Uh, and I would imagine you have to really think all that through so that you can, you know, bring that place to life, bring those people to life, uh, you know, do the things that if you were writing in the real, you know, uh, mm-hmm. a real world, you, you would want to, you know, bring in to give context and depth. That's true. So, if it doesn't uh, live, if it doesn't, it, it's much like I would say when you're writing your hardboiled detective too, especially the time period you're using or something. If the world you're, it, you're writing in doesn't live in your own mind as you're writing it for yourself, yes, if, then it doesn't live at all. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's really yeah. hard to explain, but no, well, I think it, that's it, why other, other authors it, understand it. It's essential. It. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. you have to have some like bedrock 
truths uh, that you're using uh, as you tell this tale, you know, what is, what is that character like and who is he mm-hmm. or she? Yeah. What is that place like? What does it look like and how does it impact the people that live there uh, or impact a, a yep. stranger? You know, and those are, you know, I, I think a lot of younger writers think, well, I'm I'm writing, you know, dystopian, blah blah blah. Well, the same, you know, the same yeah. good storytelling techniques apply to you. You just have to generate them all. You can't right. walk yeah, you out uh, to wherever it is you're writing about and look at it and you know, kind of absorb that. Right. Yeah, you literally have to put yourself in a sp- in the same place that your character is, and then figure out how they would react under any one given situation. Yeah, does that really get tiring? Understand. I mean, are you tired when you're done writing? Because it's when really, I'm done writing, yes, yes. When, yeah. when I start because writing, because you're, you're in the uh, world that's not yes. yours. Yeah. I'm really energized when I start. When I'm done, I'm very tired. <laughs> yeah, no, right, because you're in a different world, right? And even when you're writing, you know, I'm sure same for you, Jim. After you've talked for a lot of different people and you're in a different scenes, when you are done, it is you do feel tired. Because you've been working at this, you know, you're living their lives, you know, and then there you are, and then you got to go whatever you have to do afterwards, you know, work, cook, well, whatever you're, you're doing, you know. You're, you're, you can be physically tired if it's a long session, and you're also, you know, mentally tired if you're, you know, you you may not feel it until you get done because right. you know if you're in the groove, you just you don't right, pay you any don't. attention to right. all that, and you just go ahead and get it done and and you know hope the hope the magic doesn't peter out before you get the scene done but right. you know it, it's it's uh it, it's mentally tiring as well as physically tiring and I'm not, if I finish a good scene uh, I'll resist the temptation to go back and tinker with it right away I'll let it sit I'll go take a walk or you know just get up and yeah. do something else and uh and then I might tinker, and then I just really kind of take a breath and think about the next scene um, before you really, you know, launch out on that. Right. That's a good. Yeah. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, it's um, kind of like since I like to say like uh, I write by the seat of my pants. In other words, I, I keep a broad general idea of where the story's going, but I like to leave room for um, in, inconsequential things to pop up, and maybe I want to use right. this or that or the other. Like a painter, but um, it's 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 good. You finish a great scene, and I may not know where that's. I know where the scene's going to end up. But I may not know where that scene's going. If I take a moment or a walk, as Jim was saying, or or some relaxing moment, and all of a sudden my brain will kick in. You go, oh yeah, I can do that. Oh hey, I can do that. <laughs> and it, it's just, yeah, well, it's I, I write a lot of notes. I write notes a lot of times. You know, if I'm let's say I'm doing something, and all of a sudden something hits me that my character would be talking in a conversation. I write it down. Now, I don't finish it sometimes, but then I write it down so at least I know where to begin, what they're thinking. Because sometimes you're thinking of something, and then all of a sudden, if you don't write it down, you might not get that conversation back that that character's having. Yeah, more and more. I find myself filling notebooks with, I'll have a thought about a character name, and, and if I don't write it down, I lose it. And then right, uh, right. what I what I also find myself doing a lot of is, is that downtime after you've written the scene, and it can, this can happen, you know, late at night or early the next Anytime. morning, right. where where you where you think of grace notes or additional details that in that scene, and you need to go back in and and 
first you need to capture it and then then go back in and oh I need to put that right there and I need to put that right here and I need to oh wait a minute I need a whole passage in here something right. you've already finished mm-hmm. and, right, and right. so you 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 go ahead and uh, you know I, I find myself doing that a lot after it's marinated for a little bit and a little bit could be an hour it could be the next morning um, and and then again you run into got to take a note of it. And then you're you in a couple of situations, like a good friend of mine who's also a writer. Is his, I hope you don't mind if I, I put this into. His name is Neil Reby. He does a lot of kaiju writing. Uh, that's Japanese monster monster writing, um, like Godzilla. And he's pointed out, and I agree with him, like, and there are a couple of times we will write whole paragraphs, and then you'll go back and reread like, well, no, no, I can cut about a third of this paragraph out. I just was way babbling yeah. on here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, because yeah, right, well, that that's, does that's, that's writing discipline. I mean, that's the yeah. discipline... You know, it's like you got to kill your babies, and it's particularly true. You know, we're both seat of the pants guys, uh, and, and the good thing about that is that it, you, we're allowing ourselves the freedom for a character or a scene to just pop up out of nowhere, and it's something that's really good. But then you got to look at that and say, well, is it really that good? And does it advance the story, or do I need to kill it? <laughs> I you know, I mean. By taking that writing style, Jim, um, uh, to to add on to your point, I also found by, by instead of structuring it so tightly, like I know that I've I've listened to writers like Ben Bova and stuff like that who's who've mentioned, or Isaac Asimov who's mentioned that you really have to have a tight story structure. But by writing the way I do, I always found I enjoyed it more because it was more exciting for me to see exactly where the stories actually exactly, might go. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, and, and it's it's to me. If you have it really tightly structured and you've got it, you know, outlined to the nth detail and, you know, chapter outlines and character study, you're to me you're just snuffing out any any chance of that magic moment happening. Right. right. Uh, you know, to me, I mean, I would wind up snuffing out. And I my my third novel. I, I tried to plot a lot more in a lot more deliberate and detailed way, and I tried to figure out these characters, and I found myself getting wrapped around the axle of that. Yeah. And it's only when I did what I usually do, which is take my, you know, very brief outlines and character notes, put them in a drawer, and just start writing the son of a bitch. That yeah. I really started <laughs> making progress. I, I hardly, yeah. I, yeah. highly agree. My biggest problem when it comes to writing, my, at least my biggest problem when it comes to writing, isn't finishing the novel. Uh, it isn't writing all the way through it. It's starting it. It's how to start this novel. It's always my. Now that's part. a hard thing. Let's talk about that because that is so difficult. You know, and sometimes even when you're fu- when you're finished with the book, then you go back and you go, "This is not a good beginning." So, how does every, how do either of you start that beginning and know that you're satisfied with that beginning? Well, I do what Jim I just mentioned. Um, I'll I'll just start writing, and then and, and then I'll go back after I've written a page or two, and and I'll go back and I'll pick, cherry pick exactly what the good the best of the starting points are. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's similar. I, you know, I started book four months ago, and I'm slowly grinding through it. But, you know, my original opening chapter, you know, I, I like it, but then I realize, really, this is chapter two. And yeah. I want a brief, yeah. 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 you know, brief kind of 
I hate I hate the word prologue because and Elmore Leonard says we're not supposed to do them, but uh, you know something came to mind and I thought this makes much more of a cliffhanger question mark you know your interest kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and and it it gave me that, and I thought well that's that's the good opening, and then chapter two was chapter two is a damn good. Do you like a pro? Okay. I mean, the thing about a prologue is sometimes it does help the reader understand how you're, you know. And I know they say it's not; they don't. Some people don't like it at all. But you know, I was listening to a few audio books, and the audio books, some of them had that, and I thought this is a good thing because I'm I'm I, understanding I that, where they're coming from that, right at the beginning. I agree that prologue well, um, can be really good for a story. As long as you don't do, in my personal opinion, as long as you don't do what um, what L. Ron Hubbard did with um, Dune. I mean, he did you know three paragraphs of prologue. <laughs> that was a little bit too long. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's short, punchy, and piques the reader's interest and leaves question you know question marks hmm. that yeah I want to read more because I want to answer to my questions. Right. Uh, my only objection about prologues is that they, they it seems like everybody does them now, uh, and it's almost yeah. like particularly particularly traditionally published authors, uh, it's it's almost like they're getting told to put a prologue in there, and yeah. and it it yeah I've had a back and forth with Dick Belsky about this because he he tends to do the you know kind of the prologue type of thing and it is you know it's effective because Dick's a hell of a writer but he's he, a great writer he and I yeah. talked about that you know back and forth about now nah, I don't want to do it. I mean he he chastised me for in my yeah my third book where he's like man you got this great it's it's great description great scenery but boy it meanders for too long and and it's like well, Dick, I like it, so I, I'm going to keep. I'm going to keep it. <laughs> yep. well, but well, I remembered time, what next, he next said. Next time I have Dick on, next time I have Dick on the show, you could come too. It would be a fun, interesting <laughs> to hear both of you how you, how you handled it. Yeah, and, because and Dick, you know that's the Dick truth, writes, though. You know, but sometimes it right because we all have different styles, you know, and that's why I listen yeah. to audiobooks a lot. Only because for me. I just kind of listen to it and how they cut their chapter. You know, I, I seem to do that better than when I'm reading a book. So I, that's why I do a lot, listen to a lot of audio books. Well, I, and, um, and I, I think my point about, you know, it becoming a cliche, you know, there's, if you're, if this is something you got to watch out for from any editor is that, that, that they're trying to get you to write somebody else's book yeah. uh, or write it the way that, that they want their book. It. You know, yeah. and it's like, why do you want me to do that? Well, it's just well, the way, you know, if you don't have a good answer, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, nice. I've been doing this too long, and you got to tell me why you want me to do that. Well, it'll make yeah. it more commercially viable. I'll, I'll self-publish. Yeah. Here's, a, here's uh, a question yeah. for you, Jim. Interesting question, if you don't mind. Um, I actually really like doing this occasionally in my books. I don't do it a lot, but for especially for major characters, I like to do that in in um, in lieu of a um, of what we were just talking about. I like a flashback. Yeah. And I know, and yeah, when I, I started flashbacks. writing, I know when I started writing, it was um, most 
educated, well, I can't say educated, most, most experienced writers, that's a better way, would, would scream at you and say, never, ever use a flashback. I never had a problem using a flashback. <laughs> So I, um, I was just kind of oh, right. they that. did say that they did say that years ago. They really did. You know, I remember that's what they used to say. Don't do flashbacks. Just go forward. But now when you're reading, there's a lot of flashbacks, and the flashbacks do give you some understanding of how that character got to that place. Because mm-hmm. so you know things have changed a little bit that way I think and a lot of it has to do with TV because if you watch TV now and like if you're watching a show they do so many flashbacks sometimes and I'm not sure if I'm even liking that anymore watching it on TV because it drives you crazy they have now and then they have then and then they have now and then and this one looks like that one when they're 10 and 12 and it does get a little tiring sometimes too on that level what I'm noticing it. is the the use of of uh, I forget what show it was, but it, you know, generally Netflix, and and the, it was a show that where they really didn't let you know that they were introducing something from the past, uh, and then you know gradually you figured out what they were doing, and and they were actually doing, um, um, they were actually showing you the same past event from different you know, different points of view. Points yeah. of view. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and part of it was effective, but then part of it just, as you watched through the, progressed through the series, uh, part of it was just, uh, um, it became tired. It was mm-hmm. like, hey, you, 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 you forgot, you know, you, you needed, you needed <laughs> right. to get out of this corner you put yourself in, so you're putting in another flashback from a different point of view. I know, yeah. and I know what the show was. Zero, zero, zero. Uh, good overall, but but a lot of a lot of uh, uh, flawed storytelling. Um, uh, yeah, and, and a lot yeah. of good storytelling. I mean, it just it, it was a uh, it was a kind of a you know I, I, I watched it all the way through, so uh, obviously I I enjoyed parts of it, and other parts I thought, my God, why did you do that? You know. So just thinking of something while you're—I was just thinking of something while you're talking, like, you know, when um, this when Netflix became really very popular, House of Cards. I think everybody started tuning in with you know Netflix. But I think with House of Cards, I was just thinking about that right now. That story just went really basically just straight through. You know, I'm trying to think if they had very many flashbacks because they had they had some, but. It just went straight through, but now they are doing a lot of them now with going back and forth and back and forth. But I think at that time when they did the House of Cards, I think it just went straight through to what was happening at the time, you know, and these characters were so intense, but you figured it out. So the so I think sometimes when you're watching TV, you can figure things out without having so much backstory to, Yeah, I, I you agree. Know, it's just a the problem, the reason why I use a flashback for a major character, for instance, is if I really want to, to push home why this character is who, say, for she is, like Augury Parse, which is my wraith, in um, Dark Creatures, she's a wraith of a sword. How does she become a wraith? Well, I could either yeah. write an entire new book on that, or I could just give you a flashback. So I decided to give right. you a flashback. Right. I, do fla- I do flashbacks now, you know, but I didn't used to, you know, as much, but I do... You know, I maybe said, you know, we did it with conversation, not really with going back. But I think that that's, people expect that now and they know more about the characters than they did. So that's why a lot of these series are popular because you, 
you know, just if you think the series is over and then you go, oh, they're going to have season two, you thought the story was done, <laughs> you know, and, you know, so now they're do. you know, sometimes I look at something I want to watch and I go, oh, my God, it's like five seasons and I don't feel like it. So I want to, like, start maybe at the fifth season and start to go backwards later because it's too much to watch, you know. I mean, it's just, I don't know why they, you know, five and six, you, you know, seasons is a lot to watch. It really depends on if the story carries itself yeah. along those, those yeah. lines. If it's got a fan well, they change it a lot. Um, they yeah. change if it's got a, a lot, and they if add it's got characters. A fan following, um, I can but, give, I can attest to that because my favorite, one of my favorite pastimes is anime, and anime can go on forever in some cases. Um, anime is Japanese animation. Um, if uh, that's another recommendation I'd give to uh, new writers is if they want to, to figure out how to tell a good story in increments, they should look into anime or look into uh, Netflix has a couple like uh, the Dragon Prince and such like and so forth. And uh, the Japanese really do know how to tell a story in increments very well. Yeah. So they do it that right. Yep. You know, like you know, like I watch the blacklist oh. and I love it, but sometimes I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Keep watching it. I had we had Elizabeth Black and I had uh, one of the producers Daniel on like uh, several years ago. But it was like I I just keep watching Blacklist and that you don't even have to if you miss one you just can pick up afterwards because it's just such an intense cast. You're just watching it and you're going like, well, what happened? You go, oh, who cares? Just let's see what happens now. You know, so I think it's yeah, that's kind of, of interesting. In a lot of cases with Blacklist, um, they do they use the old formula that um, Twilight Zone and, and Outer Limits used to do. Is they'll encapsulate a story into one episode, but they'll keep the characters moving on to the next episode. It's kind of like Guy, the, uh, MacGyver and stuff like that used to do. Um, and, yeah. and so instead of having a, a, a long-running storyline arc that goes all the way, like um, Game of Thrones did, that goes all the way you know, into five seasons, every yeah. season you know has its own separate storylines. Yeah, I, yeah. So it's just interesting. I, I'm I'm so glad you mentioned flashbacks because that that reminds me that's the other uh, section I'll use italics on if oh, if mm-hmm. it's a you know if yeah. it's you know that's beyond a burst uh, you know beyond just a, a a single thought I'll you know I'll use that um, you know to clearly again it's more to help the reader out. Uh, so they can distinguish, you know, the current activities versus, uh, you know, something that haunts uh, a character or something they did, you know, in their past that really kind of brings home who they are. It shows who they are. Yeah, rather it's necessary. See, but I yeah, think that's a, yeah. you keep you mentioned this, and I think that hardly anybody they really we don't mention as much as we should about the reader. The reader counts, you know, and that's what yeah. when I, we were talking with Fran. I mean, that is the thing about you. You have to care about that reader because that's who you you know. You're not writing for the editor. You're not writing for the publisher. You are writing for that reader who's reading that story, and you don't want them to get confused. You want them to like. Your writing style and, and what, you're, what you have most, to say. That's, that's the most important part for me, though, is our difference between um, the big five um, editors and indie writing, in, independent uh, writing, is that if you're trying to get published by Dell or any of those other big book book companies, you have to write for the editors. You have to write for people yeah. uh, in the company. Um, if you yeah. want to be – oh, go ahead. 
I had a friend of mine, uh, uh, this was back in the day, and he was one of the first guys to really get into, uh, um, you know, the develop, uh, sudden emergence of, of viruses and other, you know, pathogens, uh, like, like the hot zone. And, and he got pushed to put it in first person, put it in, you know, write it a certain way to the point where uh, he just walked away from the project. I mean, he couldn't write it. They weren't going to let him write it the way he wanted to write it. Um, yeah. And 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 this was a guy who had, uh, was used to be based with me in Atlanta at the height of the you know, AIDS crisis and knew his stuff forward and backwards and uh, wanted to do something on that first and, and – that's yeah. all, all that's old, you know, uh, that's yesterday's news. So, so what else you got? And he was getting into, um, you know, pathogens and mistakes uh, at laboratories and things like that. And and he just got discouraged. Uh, and it was a, yeah. a traditional publisher way before, you know, self-publishing became uh, something that all of us could do. And uh, I, I often wonder, you know, what did you wind up doing once the bar got lowered and you the technological bar got lowered and you hmm. could actually write it the way you wanted to? I want, you know, I've lost track of the guy, but I See, I, I think that's really the truth. He, you he can write back. it the way you want to write it and you tell the story the way it should be told, not because somebody told you how to write that story, because as writers, you see that story. You know that story. And when they start yeah. fooling around and, you know, uh, I I was an agent for years and I had tremendous a group of writers they were so good but they were all new writers and a lot of them gave up but they had really good stories and that was they that was before you know the big surge mm-hmm. on independent publishing and i you know they it's just it's a shame because some of those stories were so unique and they were good and these people would have been kept writing and writing but they gave up too quickly you know and you can't give up you know, you just got to keep writing. And I think, you know, sometimes people think if they write a few books and they're not that successful, but still on their next, maybe their fifth book, sixth book, it can be more successful if they keep going at it. You can't stop. Well, that's, you know? that's, that's what I tell younger writers now. Because, yeah. I mean, that's the very sin I committed. I, You know, I wrote two novels and I you know, banged my head against the wall trying to get an agent in a publishing house and, and, you know, I, I, I had the misfortune of running into, like, some bad agents who sat there. And yeah, wanted me to write some of them are bad, very bad. Wanted, very me, bad. wanted me to write, you know, wanted me to write the novel, you know, a repeat of the novel they just sold to somebody else. Um, and, you know, that's not the book I'm writing. So I, I put no. my books in a drawer for a while and then, and right, then yeah. rewrote, exactly. rewrote them and put them out there myself. Uh, another but uh, another good point. That's along the biggest lines. mistake I made. And and I, I tell writers keep writing, keep writing, that's and right. exactly. don't let anybody yep. tell you you're not a writer. Yeah, right. another good point along those lines that I like to tell new new people too is um, don't be an ambulance chaser. There's <laughs> there's a lot of new writers out there that are looking for who look at what's bestsellers on the market, like say Fifty yeah, yeah, yeah. when it was really yeah. hot. Yeah. And then yeah. they want to write in that genre because it sells. Well, that's that's only only for that moment. You write write the stuff that you want to write. Don't be an ambulance. Don't chase after storylines you think are going to sell. Just write the stories that right. you want to sell. Right. 
Well, I think that, you know, I think like when Twilight and those books came out, everybody started writing like that, you know, because they thought they could, you know. Mm-hmm. And yes, the problem. Then, you know, then it, it, the world became more realistic. You could write other stories, you know, because everybody was trying to write the big success and, you know, you dreamt it at night and then there it is, your success. It's not, it, it really doesn't work that it's way. It's not that it way. Did, <laughs> it did for a couple people, but not the rest of the world. And there was one, I can't remember her name. I wouldn't probably say it anyway. But she was writing all these romance stories, and they were so poorly done, but she was so successful. And this was way at the beginning of, you know, independent publishing. And she made a ton. Just And, and the books were not even edited. <laughs> but And then everybody started writing books thinking, oh, they can do the same thing. But that's not really true. When you are when you are an independent author, you do if you want to remain out there, you have to have a good editor, you have to write a good mm-hmm. story, you have to you know when you're independently publishing, you have to care about that book. It's a business another, it's part of another you. good point another good point is fan fiction if you want exper- experience in getting and learning how to write or 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 what you might like to write in. I I would suggest you go to fanfiction.net or you know several other of those free fan fiction sites and just write your own fan fiction, and then you'll get a yeah. whole bunch of reviews from other people. Sure, you can't publish that because it's it's copyrighted you know, characters that you're using, but it'll get you an yeah. idea of exactly where you want to go and how well you're doing. Yeah, but the but the other thing is, what if they give you bad reviews and you stop writing then because somebody didn't like your book that really doesn't even know what they're talking about? Then maybe. Well, then you have to, you have to then you have on. to understand. Yeah. Then you have to understand yourself. You have to understand what 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 you're trying to get at and what they're telling you. Um, well, a lot you know, of writers they can't stand when they get a bad yeah. review, and you have to just overlook it in yeah, order you, to keep there's writing. There's a lot of flamers out there. Yeah, and if you want to keep writing, just keep writing. Don't always look at those reviews, you know, because that can stop people. I know over the years people have stopped writing because they got a bad review, and that's ridiculous. Well, and and the flip side of that is, you know, read all the reviews and and even the bad ones and and maybe the bad ones after you've kicked a waste can across the floor. But, but, you know, read read them all because there might be a nugget in there you need to know. Yeah. That's but, true. But that is very true. Don't You're let right. anybody don't let anybody tell you, you know, or dissuade you write. from writing. Yeah. yeah, or tell yeah, you how I've to gotten write. good advice. I have a, a, oh, yeah. advice from yeah. people that have said something like that, you know, and when I've read what they said, I I happen to agree <laughs> with what they said. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, sometimes when you're you know, when somebody says something to you, it rings a bell and goes, you know what, they're right. It maybe it should have done, you know, and that's just the way it is. You're not going to rewrite the book, but you, in your mind, that will help you for the next time so you won't make that mistake again if you realize another, it was a mistake. Another thing that used to bug the heck out of me in the 80s um, was that you, um, late 70s, early 80s when I started to write, is you had a lot of these people saying that they have writing camps. Well, have come to the writing camp and we'll show you how to write. We'll teach you how to write. You uh, can't teach nah, somebody no, how to write. No, you can. No. I mean, they can stand there and tell you how they feel you should write, but the only way right. you're going to figure out how to write is to but write. But it's like write a book in a week. I like it. Write a book in a weekend. <laughs> yeah. Go great. The, the, Good the, and, and there's so many. And there's so many of those things that you, you know, like I, I don't yeah. think I've ever. I, I will sit down or get on a show with fellow writers and I will talk about writing till the cows come home but uh and and enjoy it and we'll talk about how I do it 
uh, and tricks of the trade I've learned along the way, but I can't teach you to do the same thing. Right. And, and uh, uh, you know, the, there's well, it's innate not a talent right. It's not something you just get 10 easy steps to writing. That would be yeah, everyone's yeah, that's not true. Everybody's going to walk their own path. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you know, and it, you have to go back and, you, you know, some people you write a book and you just send it out. That's not really good. You have to write, go back. I go back. I, I think I have a habit of going back too much, but I can't help it. I just have to make sure everything fits the way I want it to. And then when the editor gets it, they'll change it. But I at least have to be satisfied that I cleared up everything. You know, which yeah. is uh, you know just me. But you can't write a book in a weekend. You know, um, and have it. Not a and good know book. The, How do you know your characters? How can you know your characters? I I find it takes me a while to. That's why you know I I do write notes on characters. I write like, oh, this character likes this or that, and maybe I wouldn't think of it, and all of a sudden I'm doing something, and that's why I write it down. I'm going, oh, I think that character likes this or doesn't like this. But it takes time to get to know your characters. If you really want to write a story that people like your characters, you know, yeah, which, well, and, 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 you, and you've got, uh, I mean, the, the downside of, uh, of the bar, technological bar being so low is you do have a hell of a lot of crap out there that, yes. you know, uh, sure. and you pick it up and you go, my goodness, but then, and you also have a lot of junk from the, Traditionals. Um, oh yeah. Uh, generally, oh, the true. smaller houses, but but you know you'll pick up a you know something from a big house, the big houses, and you're like, why did they let him do that or exactly. let her do that? Exactly. Yeah, because you do I, that because you're going like, what's this that, story you know. about? Yeah. I can tell you that. But, I can tell you how they got that book published. They knew the editor, or they know somebody in the well, publishing yeah. house. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, because I, that's I, what happened. I, I know. And my cynical mind immediately jumps to that. You know yeah. whose whose cousin is this? You know, yeah. they, 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 like, oh, they must know some, <laughs> right? Their brother-in-law, sister-in-law, somebody. Because and that is what happens. But then again, that person that may be a one-time book, and they're not going to have any others. But you know, and then you see people that have like two hundred books, you know, and some of them aren't that good, and so they just kind of throw them out there, you know. And so I think that you know that's why you know you really have to care about what you're doing. If you really are a writer, you do care about your story. You don't not care about your story or your characters. And if you don't care about your characters or you don't care about your story, then maybe you ought to think of doing something else because this is not going to work. You have to. Yeah, I agree. You really should feel, you should feel the emotional content of your characters as you write them. Yes. If, if you're not emotionally and, attuned to your characters, they're going to come out like cardboard. And so I think that you know, so now we're almost ready. This has been a really good – I hope you guys will come out again. It's a really good discussion oh, sure. because I think people like to hear this. You know um, – let me tell you and so much. So I, I do I, appreciate you actually having me on your show. Thank you very much for inviting me. Oh, you're welcome. You know, you know, and I like to, you know, I knew you guys had more to say, and I think you still have more to say. So that's a good thing, right? <laughs> well, well, me you, and you, you know, talk to each other all well, night. <laughs> that, that's that's exactly right, and you know, it's it, it, again, uh, I'll, I'll second <laughs> brother Tim's uh, uh, thanks. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate. It. I enjoy doing these, and. Uh, uh, no, yeah, they're such fun. I, they really you, are you fun. You know, Monday I have uh, Vincent Zandri on, and uh, I just was listening to, you know, I Fran had him on a lot, and so I I have him coming on Monday with Fran, and uh, I, I have so many questions to ask him about sentences and stuff like, you know, I think that that's what people on my show, that's what we like to hear, you know, is 
you, sometimes you think, oh, should I do that or should I not do that? Or maybe they'll think I'm crazy. But when you listen to writers, then you sometimes go like, oh, that's how I do it. So I think that that's what I, you know, I noticed the two of you when we were talking, you had a lot of the things that I think. So, you know, a lot of us think it doesn't matter what genre we're in yeah. because we're just talking, you know, I about writing. Say, I would always say um, instead of wondering whether you should or shouldn't do something, experiment. See if it works. Yeah. Try it. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good way. So I I, I want uh, Jim tell everybody where they can find you. You can find me on at uh, www.thedarkcreatures.com. Also on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and every uh, quite a few other book places. Um, uh, thank you for uh, listening to me, and I hope you enjoy the. Book. Oh, I'm so glad you came on. Uh, and Jim. Well, you can find me at uh, jimnesbitbooks.com. That's my website, and you can also find me on uh, Amazon at, at uh, www.amazon.com slash author slash Jim Nesbitt, and that's Nesbitt, N-E-S-B-I-T-T. I spell it the Scottish way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I'm also on Kobo and uh, uh, Google Play and uh, Nook, uh, along with uh, Paperback and uh, Kindle. And I also yeah. want to make a pitch to, uh, to a way that um, readers can uh, pick up books and uh, su- support uh, um, independent bookstores that we were talking about earlier uh, at uh, bookshop.org. And uh, that's a great place. Uh, uh, some bookstores are um, kind of partners of the thing, and you can shop their lists, and they'll get a direct cut. If they're not, um, the the bookshop will send a, a cut of your sales to uh, um, you know, independent bookstores across the country, and I think it's a great way to yeah, support that's a good thing. Uh, yeah, I think it is. Bookstores. You know, and I think that independent authors, there's so many of them now. I mean, there really are. It's it's uh, it's unbelievable, and I'm sure that some of the authors that you are well known that. Uh, they are probably writing under different names as independent authors because then they can write however they want. So yeah, we don't know who be, they are. Yeah, that, I'm sure they would, are because this right. is a style that people would, you know, this is the way if you have something and your publisher doesn't want you to do, that doesn't mean you can't get it done. Now you can get it done. So that's a good thing. Exactly. Again, thanks much, Marsha. Thank, thank you, you so much, and thank you both for coming on. It's been great, and I hope you'll come on again. Love talking to oh, you. Certainly. All right. Take care. Any, any time. Give me, a, give me a call. Okay, I will. <laughs> I will take you up on that. Okay. <laughs> take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks. Good talking with you, Tim. Yeah, good talking with you too, Jim. Thank you much.